So this week we're in Matthew 6 still and we're looking at verses 5 to 8. So I'm just going to read them from the NIV version. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand praying in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. But I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So we continue this morning uh, looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And as Julian said last week, chapter six takes us into spiritual disciplines which we've looked at as a church previously things like prayer fasting quiet times things like that Jesus began his sermon on the mount with the beatitudes and exploring what our attitudes should be he explains the kind of culture of his kingdom as contrasted with the, the culture around the people at that time and, and as contrasts with the world today. Um, as you, you might agree with that, you might not. And we were reminded again last week that Jesus said a number of times, you have heard that it was said. And when he says that, he starts to quote the law, but he says, okay, this is what the law says, but you kind of need to go a step further. You need to really take it to heart. You're not just doing what you're told and keeping out of trouble and keeping your head down, but it's about your attitude. It's about what you think. It's about the way you act. It's about the way you, you, you just go about your whole life. It's not just about doing stuff on the surface so you look good. It's about something much deeper than that. We can do lots of things just by going through the motions. We can, I don't know, exercise, diet, follow some sort of routine just because that's what we're meant to be doing and that's the formula we're following at the moment. But unless it really sinks in, unless it's really part of what we agree with, it, it's only going to go so far. And that's what Jesus is getting to with the, the Sermon on the Mount about depth rather than just the veneer of things. Jesus talked about this kind of thing in Matthew 13 when he gives the parable of the seeds, the seeds put you know sown in different places some that are just on the surface and and sort of do something for a little while but they've got no depth so they fall to pieces uh other others that are sort of on the path and never really take root and and just how the different kind of seeds fall and and the different effect it has and he says you know something that takes root that can really grow in good soil that's what's going to produce a fruit and a harvest 
and this is this is what the Sermon on the Mount's all about. So if we're born again, if we're heirs and co-heirs, if we're new creations, then we then we have a different way of thinking. We have a different mindset, different attitudes to, to just a surface belief. So if we look at the verses that we're just concentrating on today, verse five says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. Both this verse and verses two and 16 use the word when, when you give to the needy, when you fast, and here, when you pray. And um, when Jesus uses that word, he's talking about something that's a, a habit, an expected practice, uh, just part of your daily living, like saying, when you clean your teeth, when you get dressed in the morning. It's not a, it's not a new thing. It's um, when you do this because it's part of your life now and I'm guessing that he was talking to new believers at that time people who had sort of maybe you know been to the synagogue and seen the Pharisees and the teachers of law being all holy and stuff like that and thought oh right this is the way you do it but Jesus was saying nah, it's not quite like that and you might think about people you know who are not familiar with church life, who have got no Christian background, might not have had any sort of teaching in school or anything like that. And their only experience of Christianity is weddings, christenings and funerals. And when they go to those things, and maybe if you go to a Church of England and you've got kneel on the floor and it's all very formal, that's what you think Christianity is about. So perhaps if you talk to people like that, I've had conversations with people like that, and, and I'll explain my experience of, of Christ and of God and of following him. And they've looked kind of a bit either puzzled or surprised. It's not quite as they expected. So Jesus is probably talking to some people who sort of have seen the formalities of the synagogue and these strict rules and regulations and you must do this and you mustn't do that and all this kind of thing. And Jesus says, no, 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 hang on a minute. It's not all about rules. It's about relationship. Then he says, do not be like the hypocrites, another word repeated in verse 16. In fact, the um, hypocrisy is talked about 14 times in Matthew's gospel. Jesus is really not keen on hypocrisy. He really does it down. He couldn't stand it. He couldn't stand people doing one thing, saying another being two-faced he's like no no you've got to be genuine later in Matthew uh, 23 Jesus warns against the religious leaders of his day saying amongst other things do not do what they do for they do not practice what they preach everything they do is for men to see 
as one commentary puts it, if the love for prominence is the only motive in prayer, then Jesus declares, the prominence gained is the only reward. And again, in Luke 18, Jesus tells the parable of, of two men who went to pray one a Pharisee, another a tax collector. Neither were particularly popular figures in the, the culture of the day, but they prayed very differently. Their approaches were very different. If you want to look that up, it's in Luke 18, verse 9 to 14. I'm not going to read it at the moment. But he concludes this. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And just as an aside here, um, I don't know what your taste in comedy is like, but my favourite comedies, um, I like some really old comedy actually. Um, if you're under 50, you may not have even heard of the kind of comedy I like. I like things like Hancock's Half Hour and Steptoe and Son, which were both written by the same writers. And the hilarious thing is in those comedies that the main characters are always trying to be seen as more important than they actually are. They want, you know, a knighthood or they want to belong to a really posh golf club, but there are, you know, steptoes of rag and bone man. And it's, it, there's great humour in the characters that just want to be seen as much higher up the pile than they actually are. So I sort of, it, it just reminded me of that. Jesus saying, don't do that. Don't, don't stand on the street corners making a show of yourself. That's not what prayer is all about. So verse five is about humility, honesty and being genuine. Verse six describes the approach to personal prayer and the outcome of that. Jesus describes the converse, sort of way we might have a, a conversation with a friend. Um, I was listening to something on prayer many years ago now, and it just changed my thinking a bit because this guy was saying, if you sit with your friends having a cup of coffee, well, sit with God and have a cup of coffee. You don't have to be all formal and, you know, in church and all that kind of thing. You can sit in your own lounge with a cup of coffee and, and talk to God like you would one of your friends. And, and that really sort of probably relaxed my attitude to prayer a bit. Because in normal times, um, we wouldn't see our friends out on the street, uh, you know, having a walk with them at two metres distance, shouting out how we've been getting on that week or on Zoom, as I will be with my friend this afternoon. Um, we wouldn't be doing that. We'd be round each other's houses and, uh, you know, having a cup of tea, having dinner together, whatever. That's, that's the way you really talk to your friends. And Jesus is describing that kind of behind closed doors getting together in privacy, in intimacy. I always sort of think it's a, a good mark of a friend, 
you may or may not agree with this, if you can go around their house or they can come around your house and you can go to their fridge and you can make a cup of tea without really asking. Now, if you think that's a bit cheeky, don't ever invite me around your house. Um, but just, just that sort of relaxed kind of thing where you, where you just, you know, you can relax around somebody's house. Jesus is describing that kind of intimacy. Close the door, quietly speak to your, your father who's in heaven. And verse six also acknowledges the need for faith. Pray to your father who is unseen. Hebrews 11 verses one and six encourage us in this because Hebrews 11 is all about faith. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That's not to say it's wrong to um, pray in groups um, or, you know, in church or anything like that. Um, it's about it's about our attitude in prayer to to pray with others and for others is fine. We can encourage one another. We can agree with one another in prayer, just as we can do this Friday when groups of people get together to pray. We can we can really stir each other up and share scripture and, and, and see what the spirit is saying amongst people. So there are other aspects to to prayer. But also that thing of uh, where two or three are gathered there Jesus is amongst them and and having that same kind of faith when we're alone and sometimes when we're praying when we're alone we feel really alone so it's having that faith that says Christ is with you Christ is with us and just yesterday um, I won't go into detail, but I went to bed on Friday night and I didn't get up until this morning because I was so unwell yesterday. And I spent a lot of time yesterday just saying to God, please, please make me well enough to share something this morning. Um, and, you know, I really give praise and glory to God because sometimes when I'm that unwell with a migraine, I'm wiped out the entire next day as well. So I really thank God for an answer to prayer. And just, you know, there's other times, you've probably experienced other times in your life that are very dark and desperate and... You're not sure what, how things are going to turn out, what you're going to do. And those are the times when we need faith and we need to speak to our Heavenly Father more than ever. Uh, many years ago, my family was going through tremendous turmoil and upheaval and there was a lot going on, a lot to juggle with and handle. And every night I would get into a get into bed and I got into the habit of picturing myself with God sitting on a beach and 
leaning against one of those huts that uh, lifeguards use, you know. And I'd, I'd just say, let's just sit here. God would say, yeah, come on. What's been happening today? What's, what's on your mind? And I would sit there because the, the picture of sitting on a beach um, really cheered me up because I, I love the beach. And, and that's how I would pray every night. And it just strengthened and helped me tremendously at that time and just helped me to go through all the stuff I was going through. And at the end of that year, um, my dad died. And, but I was, I'd already had so much strength from prayer that it was, God was cushioning that. And, and helping me through that so that's that's just just one experience of mine just to encourage you as we reminded reminded last week about this kind of private attitude to prayer it's for an audience of one this is why Jesus is saying don't don't just stand out in street corners and pray your fancy prayers this is all about yourself and your heavenly father there is things this makes me think about that we can share like evangelism teaching healing if you want to shout about something if you want to stand on the street corners give your testimony evangelize quote scripture you can do that absolutely all day long uh, there's nothing against that we're encouraged to do that but prayer here is about intimacy verse 7 moves on to the the way we pray and the lord's lord's prayer which follows is a kind of template of prayer jesus says in effect don't ramble on repeating yourself and, and using words that you think sound great but don't really mean anything but Pray about these things and use this as a pattern of prayer. In my, um, in my day-to-day job, I work on patterns for clothing, like templates. And I would say nine times out of ten, you get something you've used before and you turn it into something else. You just alter it or elaborate on it or whatever. You might do the same if you make tables or if you're designing buildings. You've got a rough idea of what you're going to do, a rough template, and then you, you build on it from that. And Jesus is saying, this is how you pray. And then he gives a kind of formula, like a recipe. Put these things in it, but, but then we can kind of use that to, to build and to encourage our own prayers. Um, I should think Janice and other people do that with recipes on a regular basis. You know roughly what it's going to look like, but hey, we'll chuck in a bit of this and we'll throw in a bit of that and, oh, let's have more of this in this time. And it still turns out wonderfully. So it's a kind of a guideline for prayer, the Lord's Prayer. And we'll be looking at that next week. And there are plenty of other prayers in scripture. Um, in, in Luke uh, chapters 11 and 18, 
where we also find the Lord's Prayer. Um, Jesus talks about prayer in the in the parable of the persistent widow and says about we can be persistent in prayer. But we'll also find other prayers in um, Psalms is a really good one. Prayers of praise and adoration, but also prayers of confession and cries for help and things like that. Uh, the prayer of Jabez is about one or two verses long, and that created a whole industry of bookmarks, pens, and all the rest of it, the prayer of Jabez. And there are other prayers we can see throughout Scripture, the Old and New Testament. Jesus prayed for his disciples. There's a, couple, there's a chapter in John where he's just praying for his disciples, praying for himself, praying for future believers. So there are a lot of guidelines to prayer. And Jesus does say, be bold in prayer, be filled with faith, be, you know, really say what you think. And if you look at Job's ranting and raving, he didn't hold back. He didn't, you know, be all polite. He was going through an awful time and he told God just what he thought. And a lot of that is prayer. Jesus is pointing here to sort of good conversation and prayer that is more like that, which means it's good to listen when we pray as well. It's not about just presenting our requests, about praising God and thanking him and confessing to him and asking him things. It's also about us listening. And as I was preparing for this this morning, I went out for a walk in the forest and I was praying, but then I said to the Lord, do you know what, I'm, I've got so much going on in my head, perhaps we can just walk together for a while. And I stopped talking. And then all things were kind of popping up that I was noticing in the forest, which is always great. And a song came to me that we're going to listen to after this uh, about intimacy with God. So it's also about listening listening when we read scripture but praying in a way that we're listening as well so that we can have that kind of two-way conversation and not just be rambling on of course there are times we will when we'll rant on if we're upset or angry but generally speaking it should be a two-way conversation finally verse eight do not be like them that's the babbling pagans. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Some people say, well, what's the point in praying if God already knows what we're going to say? If he already knows what we think and, and what we're going to ask for, what is the point? But prayer is about spending time with our heavenly father. We're acknowledging that we need him. We're uh, praying in accordance with his will. We're kind of tuning into him. James 4, 2 to 3 says, You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. James reinforces Jesus' words talk to God and examine your motives. 
to finish, I'm going to read um, a, a quote. And this comes from Brennan Manning's book, Abba Ch Abba's Child, about intimacy in prayer. And after this, we'll listen to this song. Manning tells the story of an old man who was dying of cancer. The man's daughter asked the local priest to come and pray with her father. When the priest arrived, he found the man lying in bed with his head propped up on two pillows and there was an empty chair beside his bed. The priest supposed that the man had been expecting him and had set the chair for him. The bedridden man asked the priest to close the door. I've never told anyone this, not even my daughter, but all my life, I'd never known how to pray. In fact, he said, he'd long abandoned prayer until one day, about four years earlier, when his best friend said, Joe, prayer is just a simple matter of having a conversation with Jesus. Here's what I suggest. Sit down on a chair, place an empty chair in front of you, and in faith, see Jesus on that chair. It's not spooky because he promised, I'll be with you all days. Then just speak to him and listen in the same way you're doing with me right now. So he tried it and it worked so well that he prayed that way for a couple of hours every day, being careful not to let his daughter see him talking to an empty chair because she would think he's, he'd lost his mind. The priest was deeply moved by the story and encouraged the old guy to continue praying that way. Two nights later, the daughter called to tell the priest that her father had died that afternoon. Did he seem to die in peace, he asked. Yes, she said. She had gone to the store and came back to find him dead. And then she paused as if unsure whether she should go on. Then she said, but there was something strange. In fact, beyond strange, kind of weird. It has to do with how I found him. How you found him? She hesitated again before telling the priest that she'd found him leaning over, resting his head on the chair beside his bed. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you that we can be intimate with you and that you want to come near to us as we draw near to you. Lord, help us to just spend that time, um, just find a quiet place with you each day where we can come to know you more and that we would just be open to you and open to your word and to your Holy Spirit so that you would be glorified in our lives, Lord, and that others would come to know you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.